On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we travel at nearly 200 miles an hour from Tokyo to Morikawa. I don't know how to say it, but it's okay. On a Shinkansen with some unhinged passengers in Kotaro Isaka's bullet train and the 2022 adaptation of the same name. We asked the question, does Thomas the Tank Engine really hold all the answers to questions we have in life? Yes. Also... Uh, what happened to Granny Gangsta? Seriously, though, why? Why? Like, that was the best part. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, the podcast where, you know, we, Mel B., and the lovely Jackie D, your hosts, Hi. drunkenly break down book-to-screen adaptations each week. We flip a coin to see who's going to read first, who's going to watch first. Then we come together and compare notes because we want to see how closely the adaptation follows the book, which of them we prefer, and if the order in which we read watch affects our reviews. And why do we do all this? Uh, nobody actually knows. Probably doesn't matter. But uh, we watch and we read so you don't have to DNF. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you are returning, we love you. And if you haven't done so already, please take a moment, give us a rating, five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, leave a review. Um, we actually, I put in a ticket with support, especially at Apple, because people were saying they were leaving reviews and there was nothing there. I didn't actually get a response from Apple support, but all of a sudden reviews are showing now. <laughs> so... It's working now, I think. <laughs> but yeah, leave a review because it really helps us, especially on Apple, um, because it makes the podcast more visible. And we actually just got, uh, did you see that, Jackie, the email? We got uh, approved for the Apple Performer Partnership. <gasps> That's exciting. Mm -hmm. I did not see that email, but. Well, it just came in earlier. I'm going to look so for it. Go for it. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that means that we're famous. Probably, I mean, in, in I mine mean, and Jackie's world. <laughs> There's a number of things that means we're famous in our world, so. Right? Yeah, everyone else is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> but finally, you know, make sure you check us out on the social medias. Um, unfortunately, we do have a Facebook. There is an Instagram. Of course, there's the TikTok. Uh, and then our, our our new fave, the Twitter. Who knew? Twitter is so much fun. Uh, but check us out on there at ReadWatchDNF or TikTok because our previous account got banned. It wasn't our fault. Uh, it, that is at ReadWatchDNF underscore podcast. <laughs> also, uh, TikTok and BookTok right now are just, uh, they're, they're kind of cringe. I kind of want to start a new, a new just blank account and like fix my algorithm because it's been BookTok this whole time, but there's so much drama on there. Like I just don't care anymore. Don't get me wrong, there's still drama on, like, you know, book, tweet, Twitter, or whatever, but it's it's so much easier just to ignore it there. Um, it's not constantly in your face. And it's also more interactive. I like that. Yeah. News that we have, uh, we do have a watch party for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That is our final 2022 adaptation of this month, because we were recapping all the 2022. Well, not all, but, like, the big ones. Uh, check out our Discord uh, for info on that. There's an events in there. And join us. Join us. Because if you are listening to this in the morning, it would then be tonight. That was confusing and time warpy to say. <laughs> but anyway, check it out. 
dedication for this episode, we, Jackie and I have been like indoctrinated into the official book Twitter crew. I, I, they are insane. But there's Val, who's there. She's, I believe, the admin of the group. Um, and she's fucking gorgeous. Have you seen her pictures that she posts? No. Actually, all of them are. It's really unfair. But they are. They're, they're gorgeous. But Val, I, I don't know how this came up, but I think it was her friend was like in Twitter goes, is this Mel B or Jackie D? I'm like, I was afraid to answer at first. I was going to say Jackie just to see like what they were going to say. But just I was like, oh, okay, no, no, I won't lie. I was like, this is Mel B. I was like the annoying one. She's like, oh my God, my friend loves you. You're funny. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> editor on the Twitter and um, just been making more friends and friends. And we have now the hashtag Dolly group <laughs> on there. There's like, there's like 50 of them in there. They are ridiculous. And um, it's all different time zones in there. So it's funny because somebody would be like, good morning. And then somebody else is like, good night. But also yeah. they don't go to sleep when they should. So I'm in there like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> I know it's 2 a.m. in your time zone. Go to sleep. You're the den mother. Yes, the den mother. But we love them. They are hilarious. Uh, That's our first Twitter group chat that we've ever been in. It was really quite overwhelming. For the first, for my like first hour or so in it. And I think I actually found the little snooze thing just, just so it wouldn't kill my phone battery. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I was like catching on to how they interact in it and how they keep up. Uh, so I was like, okay, taking notes, taking notes. And I'm like, all right. So what I do is I don't really follow one conversation in particular. I will just randomly interject anything that's on my mind. And then they all pause. They acknowledge me. And then they go back to what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, I think those are healthy interactions. They are so sweet. We love them. Bao and the Dali gang. Dale. All right, Jackie, what are we drinking? Well, I am drinking Sapporo because Japan. Why don't you tell everyone what that is? You might not know. It is a premium beer from Japan. Japanese love their beer. Yeah. It's a big thing over there. I didn't realize Jackie and I had to go there for work. Uh, we were in Okinawa for a couple weeks. I did not realize like how big community of beer drinkers that they are. They do love the beer. Well, th my my go-to beer when we were in Okinawa was uh, Orion, which is from Okinawa. Yeah. But any you can get Sapporo, you can get Kirin um, on it. Most grocery stores or beer distributors or whatever. It's, Jackie it's and I were at a restaurant and I went to the bathroom and she ordered me a beer by accident. But it, it wasn't a regular beer. It was a flavored beer. It was like a sour. Yeah, it has. It, I think it was like whatever the malt beverages I was drinking. It had that flavor put into the beer. And I was like, I don't. And I could see it like sitting at the bottom, the um flavor. You know, I was sitting at the bottom of the beer. And I think what I tried to do is like put a straw in it to just like. Never, ever, 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 I know. ever but here's the drink thing. beer through a straw. See, I don't know these things, okay? But Jackie, <laughs> who is a beer connoisseur, this bitch is sitting right across the table from me, just cooking her meat, eating her rice, just staring, <laughs> staring at me in the eye as I'm doing this. It says nothing. And then what happens? It just fucking explodes over the side of the cup. Because I, I don't know, apparently, like, if you break the seal of a beer, it's just literally going to foam up like a science fair volcano. Well, not just that. It's, it's, I don't know if the science of it going through the straw or something, but if you drink beer through a straw, you will get so fucking drunk so yes. fucking fast. 
Yes, you will. Anyway, good times. Also, good times. Also, in support of uh, Japan for this, I am drinking. When we bought it, it said it was sake, so I'm going to say it's sake. But Jackie's older, more wiser sister said, "Nah, bitch, you're stupid. That's soju." So listen here. I don't. Well. I don't know. I'm just gonna. It is what it is. It's Japanese. It's um very strong, and I dumped it into a Snapple apple. Yay! Yay! Because that's the kind of day I had. Oh, and we do have a cocktail for you from uh the Martini Shot blog. We will put this in the Discord so you guys can see it. It is called a Boom Slang, and this is what's in it: one and a half ounces of Japanese whiskey, an ounce of plum brandy, one ounce of tangerine juice but also a half ounce of lemon juice, some bitters, and then, you know, a garnish of lemon. It looks like it's fucking strong. I would drink it. All right, Jackie, it. do we have a uh, drinking game? Uh, yes, we do. I found a couple. Uh, I am going to go with the one from our lovely friends in Canada, Drink One. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to Applebee's yesterday for dinner, and I met an individual from Padawawa, what, what? Canada. Padawawa. What is it? Padawawa. Oh, my God. Oh, we should mention this. Jackie is actually traveling right now for work. Um, She does work for me, and I sent her ass to Denver. I was like, get out yeah. there. Teach a class. So Jackie is in uh, a hotel right now, set up. It is the cutest thing. Yeah, and Aww. I'm going to be here for the next at least 36 hours, I would guess. Yeah, because they're Maybe. having a snowstorm. <laughs> anyway, okay. Drink one. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Drink when anyone says white death, when anyone mentions luck. So essentially anytime Brad Pitt is on the screen. Yeah. Uh, when music begins, uh, when there's a title card. So whenever it flashes. Oh, on yeah. Screen, like in like, comic. Yeah. Sub, yeah, yeah. The elder. Yeah. yeah. When you see a snake. And my favorite, when there's a Thomas the Tank Engine reference. Yes. I'm wondering if that's just verbal or if anytime you see a sticker or... I'm going to go with um, the integrity of this and say anytime. So if there's a sticker, okay. him little drawing them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So this week I actually read first. So I had the paperback. It is translated from Japanese to English by a guy named Sam. And I want to say his last name's Melissa. Which is my name. It's just spelled M-A-L-I-S-S-A -S 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 instead of M-E-L-I-S-S-A. -S -S so I, I'm just going to say his name is pronounced like that. I'm probably completely off. But Sam Melissa translated it into English. And I want to say he did a really good job. Yeah. Or her. It might be a, it might be a woman. I don't know. I'm presuming I shouldn't do that. It was a, this copy, the paperback with the... So, okay. This is interesting. When I got the, the book, I thought it had the movie poster cover. But doing some research, the movie actually adopted the original cover of the novel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it was only in hardcover at the time. And now the paperback was published by Overlook Press. And that was just in 2022. So brand new. Uh, I watched first Netflix. No, oh, yep. Netflix. Watched it on Netflix. It's free. But only yep. for, um, apparently only for us. Because I suggested it in the group chat. And they're like, England says no, so the the UK Netflix doesn't have it. So I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Yeah, and uh, of course I read Kindle. It also published by Overlook Press, 
My date was 3 August 2021, but I did not. It, it, it's it got to be the same translator. Yeah, I would assume. All right, let's uh, talk real quick about what this book is about. This is the uh, this is a Goodreads synopsis, and it's also in the back of the book. So it says, uh, I, th- I think you pronounce his name Nanao. I think that sure. I was trying to look it up, and I think that's how you put it. So Nanao sure. is nicknamed Ladybird, the self-proclaimed unluckiest assassin in the world. He boards a bullet train from Tokyo to Morioka with one simple task. Grab a suitcase and get off at the next stop. Unbeknownst to him, the deadly duo Tangerine and Lemon are also after the very same suitcase. And they are not the only dangerous passengers on board. Satoshi, quote-unquote, the prince, with the looks of an innocent schoolboy and the mind of a viciously cunning psychopath, is also in the mix and has history with some of the others. Risk fuels him, as does a good philosophical debate. Like, is killing really wrong? Hmm. Chasing the prince is another assassin with a score to settle for the time the prince casually pushed a young boy off of a roof, leaving him comatose. When the five assassins discover they are all on the same train, they realize their missions are not as unrelated as they first appeared. Yeah, for the movie, we have five assassins aboard a swiftly moving bullet train find out that their missions have something in common. Period. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) It was directed by David Leach, who also directed Deadpool 2. And Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw and Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I get that feel. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the reviews that I found, and I don't think I included any of them in this, but they were talking about if Guy Ritchie and Quentin Tarantino Mm -hmm. had a baby and that baby made a movie, that would be this person. That sounds about right. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Runtime was two hours, seven minutes. It is rated R for strong and bloody violence, pervasive language, and brief sexuality. Where was that? Brief sexuality? In the movie? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. I just copied (laughs) exactly from IMDb. But then again, I'm also the person that was like, where were the drugs? In the black phone. (laughs) Yeah. That had two detectives literally pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> so don't ask uh, me these things. Uh, estimated budget was uh, $85.9 million opening weekend. It only made about, don't listen to me saying only made. I know, I know. $30 million. Uh, gross for US and Canada was just over $103 million, And gross worldwide was just over $239 million. So, didn't do too I mean, bad. Yeah, it's, it's in the theaters. But then also, this came out where at the time when like movies really weren't spending that long in the theater, mm-hmm. they're starting yeah. to spend more time. And I think yeah. Avatar is the one that's pushing that. All right, our favorite part: reviews. So, uh, the book itself on Goodreads is about a three point seven eight out of five. And that is just under about 10,000 ratings. And it has just under 2,000 reviews. I think the last time I checked, it was 1,849. Five out of five is 24%. Four out of five, which is the highest uh, rating, is 40%. And then one out of five is only about 2%. So it's on the higher end there. Five out of five. Saw the movie and had to pick up the book. I'd never read anything by uh, Kotaro before, even though I particularly enjoy Japanese mysteries. Better late than ever, I'm in awe of Bullet Train. 
both the movie and the slightly different book. This is what was weird about this review is the fact that he's like, the book was kind of different from the movie. (laughs) Really, fucker? Anyway, but similar in terms of the main plot. The writing is to the point, the action is mind-boggling, and the twists don't stop coming. I've already picked up the next book by the author, which, like this one, is also about assassins. Okay. Three out of five, right down the middle here. An implausible, stupid thriller, but a fairly fun, implausible, stupid thriller. (laughs) Kind of like if Quentin Tarantino made a Yakuza movie. And then in parentheses it says, don't get any ideas, Quentin. (laughs) Now, one out of five. I had to struggle to find a one out of five that wasn't a DNF. Because these are people that were like, I'm I'm 15 pages in, fuck this book. Which we respect. We respect. But there's a lot. All of the ones are, I could not finish this book. But here's one. One out of five says, what was that? Question mark. I got 400 page bore fest instead of a high speed thriller I was promised on the cover. I am genuinely confused what people see in this book. There is no action. There is no psychological suspense. It's not dark nor violent. There are attempts at humor which fall flat. Same goes for the pseudo philosophical passages. And to top it off, I could not suspend my disbelief enough to buy or engage the main villain's arc. I don't really know who the main villain is. (laughs) I I don't don't either. I mean, I read that. I'm like, based on my based on my personal opinion, I would have to say the prince. I want to lean towards that as well. Yeah. But then I'm like, hmm, hmm, I think he's the worst. Anyway. Yeah. That person, this reader did not like it. No, go watch the movie then. (laughs) Okay, IMDb movie, it got a 7.3 out of 10, and that is out of about 261,000 ratings and 1.5 thousand reviews. There were actually more book reviews than there were movie reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, The highest percentage was 8 out of 10, that was at 30.2%, 10 out of 10 was 10.1%, and all the way down at the bottom, 1 was uh, 1.1%. And I kind of appreciated the ratings on this. And people in general for movies leave shorter ratings than they do for books. So go you. 10. Perfect. Everything about this film is perfect. It nailed the action comedy genre and the casting was amazing. Brad Pitt was phenomenal. And the bromance between Tangerine and Lemon. Also to mention how good Aaron Taylor Johnson looked. For those of you who don't know, he is the one that played Tangerine. He's so nice. Mm-hmm. I like I like him a lot. Okay. <laughs> just a little. I'm going to cast him in one of our happy hour episodes. You should. I just have to find the right one. <gasps> anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Mel personally, that was her, oh my God, I have a revelation <laughs> sound. Light bulb. <laughs> um, eight out of ten. I just like the title of this review. <laughs> Choo-choo. A funny and crazy film full of twists and turns, incredibly surprised how this managed to scrape being a 15 UK rating with that amount of swearing and gore, but still a fun Deadpool-esque film. Guessing the 15K is our equivalent of maybe somewhere between PG-13 and R? Oh, is that what that, that's a rate? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. We should ask BookTweet. I'll do that. And then the final one, a 1 out of 10, unwatchable. I went to see this, quote, film, end quote, 
Because I had never seen a bad movie with Brad Pitt. Until now. I imagine a Quentin Tarantino film both, but directed by a child on acid. I felt trapped on the bullet train with psychopaths, except there weren't even interesting. They weren't even interesting enough for the ride. Save your money. Damn, they said don't even bother. All right, let's get into the casting and the characters of this. Um, I, I think Jackie and I agree that the movie has all of the characters from the book with the exception of one, which they replace. But he's kind of, he kind of is still in the movie. It's just like the, the crime boss. He just gets like taken out and replaced mm-hmm. where in the book he is the main bad guy. And, but also that's very similar to the book because the main bad boss guy had taken out another family. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I like how the movie is, you're going to hear me say this a lot. So just get used to it. The biggest thing I enjoyed about this movie was, how much homage they paid to the source material and because they they made a lot of changes but they made the changes in a way that they were clever they were quirky and it always stayed true in some sense relating back to the book all the characters that we have so naneo in the or naneo naneo i'm i know i'm pronouncing it wrong okay just bear with me i'm gonna try not to say it ever again but that character in the book is now ladybug in the uh movie which in the book they eventually sometimes refer to him as ladybug because of the whole luck thing in japanese like yeah the last last chapter chapter, is called ladybug yeah so it has everything to do with it because the ladybug has the seven black dots on the back and in um japan that's very lucky and then also uh the character's name in Japanese, uh, the first part of it is seven. So there's a tie to Ladybug. So instead of um, the movie giving him an entirely different name, they just gave him the nickname, which I thought was cool. Uh, and that's played by Brad Pitt. And if you don't know who Brad Pitt is, I, I, there's, I don't think we can help you. It's it's uh, uh, what what is it? The cave allegory? Like you yeah. seriously have no idea what's going on in the world. There's no way we could describe it to you. That's just, it's outside of the realm of your understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so get out there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Prince in the book, it is a male character. In the movie, it is a female character. They still call her the prince. She is now of Russian descent and they give her the name, which basically means, um, you know, small prince, but she's a girl. So they, they draw that tie back into the fact that she's supposed to be a boy. But they made her a girl. That is played by Joey King. You know, and when you put, the, I saw you put the Kissing Booth movies up here. At first, I was like, "Wait, what? Really?" And I was like, "Oh, that is her." Yeah, and um, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, and I've never seen Slender Man, but Dark Knight Rises. When I saw that on her list of credits, and it said older prison child, I'm like, I freaking remember that scene when Bane is escaping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one that's jumping up and gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look at that. Yeah. She has oh, very she- unforgettable eyes. Yeah. They're, they're like almost buggy, but not, and they're, yeah. but still kind of pretty. All right. I need to go off on a tangent right now, Jackie, before I forget it. So I went and saw Megan. Okay. And there's a little girl in there. I forget her name, but her last name is McGraw. Oh. And she is the younger sister of the other McGraw that was in the black phone. 
So I looked them up. This family, their kids, it's like a fucking dynasty in Hollywood. They even have a brother that does big stuff too. Uh, The girl yesterday, the other, or is she the younger sister? I think she... I think she might be the oldest one, the one that was in the movie last night. Uh, but she is in um, Haunting at Hill House. She's the younger okay. version of the twin girl. Um, and then the brother, I, I forget. I'm kind of drunk. But he, it's a fucking dynasty of child acting. And I, I had to look it up because we're watching it. I was like, why does she look so familiar? So I pulled up the cast because, you know, I can't control myself. And I was like, McGraw. And then I clicked on her little Wikipedia, and then I saw all the kids pop up, and they're just like in every Hollywood movie there is. <laughs> so, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> all right, let's get to the good ones. Tangerine, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. The most beautiful man of the movie. So that is a uh, Age of Ultron. He's the brother, the fast one in that one, right? Yeah. Pietro? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's, I didn't he's, realize. He's, I, he's Wanda's brother. Yeah, that dies. Yeah. And then they bring back, um, what's his face? The one that played Dahmer. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, him. Him. You know well, who I'm talking about. So, yeah, I, the guy that played Dahmer, he was uh, Quicksilver in the X-Men movies before yeah. they were freed from whatever production Contracts company they were yeah. belonged to. Yeah. And coming back over to uh, Disney. So. And then he was in WandaVision. That was the crossover, right? Mm-hmm. I like him, too. I like him a lot. He actually just mm-hmm. won some big award for Dahmer, so good for him. Yeah. Love you. Forget your name right now, because we're kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Lemon is played by Brian Tyree Henry. So he, yes, he is in that show, the Atlanta, the TV series. I remember that. Um, I Oh, yeah, Eternals. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's in there. Uh, I don't remember him in the Joker. That is that the Joaquin Phoenix one? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, he played some kind of guard or something at Arkham. But oh, oh, not one hundred percent sure. And honestly, the only reason I threw the other one in is because of Jacob. Oh, Godzilla versus Kong. He loves that movie. That's my son. <laughs> loves it. I want to say though, I thought he was amazing in this movie. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was probably my favorite. Yeah, so good. Okay, this is what I love about this movie with these two characters, all right? So in the book, they are called the twins, but they are not twins and they are not brothers, but they are called twins because they look very similar. They have the same personalities that they do in the movie. They're very opposite, the whole train thing and everything. But the fact that they're like, you know what? We're going to flip this on its head, but then twist it on top of that because not only do they make them completely opposite, you know, One's white, one's black, one's skinny, one's, um, you know, a little bit on the, on the thicker side. It's fine because we, we love you, boo. Uh, and just like, per- like so opposite, but then actually made them brothers. Mm-hmm. Probably in the sense of like, I think they, they look like they grew up in a foster home yeah. or something like that, but made them actual brothers and that yeah. they do love each other. Where in the book, that's the opposite. They tolerate yeah. each other. And they look the same. I enjoyed their relationship in the movie much better than I did in the book. Oh, yeah. They took that and ran with it. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Then Kimura is Andrew Koji. He was in Peaky Blinders. Yep. Two episodes of it. <laughs> oh, I got to go back. and I like I him. need to watch it again. I do, too. Yeah. I Okay. I 
like him. I'm watching this, even though he's dirty and hoboish and a drunk, there's something about him that I'm like, I find him really attractive. And I don't yeah. know what it is. So it's maybe fine. it's that whole, I'm a female and I can save you kind of thing. It is. It's it's yeah. probably. I'm like, oh my god, you're so filthy, but you're kind of tall, so. <laughs> <laughs> so then the elder, um, who is Kimura's father, is played by uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, which he's basically in everything. Anytime they need a Japanese samurai or something of that, he is in it. He what? Yeah, he was in the Wolverine. He was in Endgame, uh, Westworld. I do remember that. And then yes, the new Mortal Kombat that came out, which Steven does make me watch that pretty regularly. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you know what? It's really not that bad. It's fine. And I used to play Mortal Kombat as a kid religiously, so it has a little nostalgia for me. Um, and it's gotten to the I mean, point where I can actually fall asleep during it i didn't play it i used to watch my brother and his friends play mm -hmm. it but uh i remember going to see the old mortal kombat movie in the theater oh yeah i still haven't was... seen the new one all right jackie we'll fix that don't worry okay i'm gonna let steven know that you haven't seen it oh jeez. you know my favorite thing from mortal kombat is and i still use these sayings to this day and the best part is that i've actually used them at work and it is the finish him and then the <laughs> fatality. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So then we have the White Death, who is the new replacement character. Minigishi. He is like, yeah. He is um, uh, Russian in this, not Japanese. Keep in mind that all of the characters in the book are Japanese, which, I mean, it makes sense. He's a, he's a Japanese author and he's writing about stories that are taking place in Japan. So it is what it is. <laughs> But he's played by Michael uh, Shannon. Yes, The Shape of Water. He was the detective in that, or the FBI agent, I should say. Really funny. He is, yeah, Batman versus Superman too. I didn't see Dawn of Justice, but I did watch Boardwalk Empire. And he's been in a lot of stuff, a lot of movies. And he's a very memorable face, I would say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Any of the new Superman movies, he plays Zod. Is it bad that I don't know who Zod is? Uh, he's he is Superman's, uh, I guess nemesis from Krypton. I thought Luther or whatever his name is. Luther is his nemesis on Earth. He's got two. Yeah, Zod. I guess was in good with Superman's parents, and then I, he had a different vision. I yeah, honestly don't uh, know anything Donna, about Superman. In Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, he or I. I can't remember which one it is, but they they end up completely destroying the city. Well, okay. Mr. That was a Henry lot of education. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing is it was Henry Cavill. So, mm -hmm. yay. Am I paying attention to the story? Absolutely not. No. That's no. that meme. It's like, I watched it for the plot. This is the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Maria is the handler slash go-between. She is the voice that you're hearing the whole time. Um, that also exists in the book. But in the movie, it's played by Sandra Bullock. It's so funny. Again, so Jackie went in here and listed some movies like, you know, Speed, The Lost City, which is the funniest movie. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. And there's another actor from The Lost City that's in this movie. Yeah. Wow. Do you know Channing Tatum is uncredited, though? Really? He just did it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah. So Sandra Bullock. If you, again, like, you know who she is. Like, you know. You see her face and you go, oh, yeah, that bitch. 
You know, now I realize um, who they don't have a one-for-one replacement is the um, Mr. Suzuki, the prep teacher. They don't have, and I don't even know what his deal was in the book. He was just always showing up being fucking shady as all shit. And anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, Wolf is played by the uh, musician Bad Bunny. I actually didn't realize that was him. Really? And this, I, I, I know who Bad Bunny is. I know that he's a musician and I know some of the songs. But that just shows how old we are. That I watched that whole movie so many times and every time he's in there, I never was like, oh, Bad Bunny. <laughs> I know the Dolly Gang's listening to that going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then we have uh, Little Minigishi, who is the son of the other crime well in the book he is the son of the crime lord in the movie he is um the son of the white death white death oh my god i fucking blanked out for a minute <laughs> and that is played by uh logan lerman come on now percy jackson <laughs> hunters which there is a new season that's out now fury he was great in that perks of being a wallflower which is an episode that we've done last year yeah. so check in it out. Yeah. yes april because jackie's birthday month and you're, you're absolutely, I didn't recognize him either. I didn't either. When I was going through the, the cast list on IMDb, I saw Logan Lerman. I'm like, what? Who? There was something about um his eyes that, okay, I have such bad ADHD where if something pops in my head, I have to like go after it. I'm like a dog with a bone. So there was something weird about his eyes. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? I feel like I know that. Uh. So I pulled up IMDb as I'm watching it, go through the cast, and I'm like, that's who he fucking is. I knew it. I knew it. I just actually did that today before we started recording. Steven and I watched the episode of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, the daughter, his daughter, is played by, her name's Nico Parker. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, God, she looks just like this other actress. So I pull up IMDb, pull up Wikipedia click on that bitch and i look for parents of course it is it's um oh my god i can't remember her last name's parker but i can't remember her first name it's kind of weird um but she was like in beloved and um crash with um brendan fraser and them she was in that movie yeah she's um she's very thin she's oh she was in westworld too she's the main the main bitch in westworld not the main one not the blonde the like um other uh, god the one that's uh, in Westworld, she has the daughter that she's trying to find, but remember, she's a fucking robot. It, oh I'm going to oh confess my God. I'm something right now. I have not watched a complete episode of Westworld. I've only... No, I, I didn't watch it. Well, I don't know this in Westworld because I was watching it. It's because Steven was watching it. And of course, oh. he only watches shit when I'm trying to sleep. So it's like ingrained Bastard. in my brain. I will pull up that information when I'm a little bit more sober and I will put it in the Discord. But she is the daughter of that actress and they look exactly the same. That bitch literally said copy and paste with her daughter. <laughs> Clone me, please. Yeah. yeah. Finally, we have the Hornet that is played by uh, Zazie Beats. Zazie? Is that, that's gotta be like Aquafina Zazie? type name, right? Zazie Beats? Zazie Beats? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, Deadpool 2. She's luck. Yeah. Okay, I knew I, I knew she looked familiar. Uh, she was also in Joker and also in Atlanta. There's a theme here of where they're finding their actors. 
All right, let's get into uh, the meat and potatoes of this. The movie versus the book. When we come to similarities, this is what you get. Um, it takes place on a train in Japan. There is a snake and people die. Yeah. There you go. That's pretty the same. The same. Yep. Now the differences. <laughs> I, I mentioned this earlier when we we're going through the casting. All of the book characters are Japanese. There's a reason for that because the author is Japanese. The book takes place in Japan and it's dealing with Japanese things. But this, I believe, is the first time Hollywood has taken source material and diversified it in a meaningful way and it just works. Mm -hmm. And I have, I honestly have no issues or qualms with how they did it. So I don't either. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. In the book, we get a bit more of, um, Kimura's origin story, I'd like to call it. Like, why is he on this train trying to kill this little kid? It is because the prince in the book and in the movie pushed his son, I think his son's like five years old, pushed five or him six, yeah. yeah, pushed him off the top of a department building roof. And the, the child is now laying in a comatose. It's brutal. This is how you start both the book and the movie that you have Kimura in the hospital room with his son. Now, obviously you're you're getting the feeling that something happened to this boy, it was not an accident, and the father is sort of out for blood. So in the the book though, it starts off the same way, but as you go through, you're getting more glimpses and sort of backstory on what happened. There's a lot more interaction that happens between Kimura and the prince that leads up to that prince um shoving his son off the roof. Which I feel like I didn't mind that they didn't have it in the movie. I think knowing enough that his child was almost murdered by somebody is enough to be like, I'm going to shoot you on a train. I, I'm As a mother, I go, I get it. Yeah. I don't need to know all the other stuff that led up to it. The why. There is no why. There is no why you push my child off a roof. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's null and void. I don't care. Second, uh, well, third actually here. The prince, like we talked about the casting, the prince is actually a boy in the book. He is called the prince because his name is um, used with the Chinese symbols that mean prince. Uh, so there's that. And then I also believe that his, his has a pretty powerful father that's somewhere in that world. We don't, we don't know for sure. We don't really get a lot of answers. Um, but this fucking kid is psychotic. He's straight psychotic. Like, at first I was like, is this a just an extreme sociopath? But then I'm like, no, he's straight up psychotic. Because he understands the difference between right and wrong. He just chooses oh, to do yeah. wrong every single time. And it's always just to see how people will react. Yeah. That's it. And he's very serious, too. I think that's when you're hearing the reviews of the book, like this philosophical passages. Almost all of those are coming from the prince. So the youngest character in this story is the one that's coming out with like the most profound arguments of like just life in general. And I think at one point, Jackie and I had a conversation about this and I go, I'm starting to have questions about the author because mm -hmm. it's not that I haven't heard these arguments before, but just how fleshed out they are and how deep he goes into it. I'm like, that's coming from the author's mind. Yeah. And it's not problematic. I think it just sort of this existential discussion of just being and, you know, morality and everything. So, fine. 
I want to say, though, the big difference between the book and the movie, other than one's a boy, one's a girl, is in the movie, the prince is a much quirkier, funnier character, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't find that in the book at all with his no. character. I don't think he was making jokes, making light of anything. He was very serious. Any Anything that he thought in the book was supposed to be funny was really from his own twisted mind, and he would mm-hmm. laugh at things that normal people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. He wasn't trying to make light of anything. He's bad. But um, in the movie, how she plays that character, I actually really enjoyed it. It was funny. It brought some like levity to it. Um, but that was a big difference, and I, I think it was a good change that they made. I I also think that the the motives behind why Prince in the movie and Prince in the book, uh, well, at least Prince in the movie, what, the motives behind why she was doing what she was doing were yeah. a little bit easier to swallow than in the book. Yeah, I think the movie actually did, and this is where we're getting into spoilers, the movie definitely did a better job of tying all of the characters together. I'm not saying this doesn't happen in a book. It does somewhat. But we're left with a lot of loose ends. But it turns out that the prince, she is the daughter of the White Death. And the um, son of him that gets murdered like really, really early on in the movie, she just feels like because she's a female in this sort of crime world, she's not going to get a fair shake. And she has to be smarter and more dangerous and uh, wiser than everyone around her. So that's why she's doing all these manipulative games. Where in the book, he wants to take on Minigashi, but it's more like, I just want to see what happens. I want to see if I can. So he's yeah. toying with Kimura, Kimura to come with him so that Kimura can basically assassinate him. To, or try to, just to yeah. test his security protocols. Yeah, and it's it's like, uh, okay, that sounds like a great plan (laughs) but but really his motivations for everything are well i woke up today and i had nothing else going on so i figured i'd give this a try yeah his very um loose quote of like this sounds interesting where in the movie hers is more spite driven and Mm -hmm. trying to establish and gain an identity in this it's like in mad max witness me witness me (laughs) (laughs) fucking Instead of Fury Road, they're on a Fury train. <laughs> okay, next one, Ladybug, who was probably the last time I'm going to try and say it. Nanao. In the book, he's a very young character. So young mm. to the point where they actually use him to fake that the, the crime boss's son is still alive. They have him stand in. But in the movie, he's played by Brad Pitt, who is not young. Still beautiful, but not young. Mm-hmm. In the book young but very very good at what he does they talk about how if you corner him it just makes him better because he's yeah. so anxious that like his he's, reflexes get on like god mode <laughs> he, he's very good at quick reactions that end up turning out better i guess yeah like he always comes out on top but it's kind of like god damn it how so it is he's happen? the most and he talks about how he's so unlucky but you also get more of that backstory in the book where it, it goes back as far as him being a child where he got kidnapped by mistake instead of this other kid. Like Just that kind of luck. Just because he was carrying his backpack. 
Yeah. And he, he talks about how, like, if you see me in line at the grocery store, he's like, just get in the other line because that one's always going to go faster. You know, it's always something. Yeah. He talks about how his dating life is awful because when he starts dating someone, the girls are like, ever since we started dating, like, my hair is always frizzy, you know? <laughs> so, like, so they play off that in the in the movie, but I kind of like this idea of that he's sort of returning from a sabbatical almost because he's just so high strung and he was like going to therapy and he has these breathing exercises. He doesn't want to bring the gun on the train. He's like, guns just lead to bad results. Um, but he ends up like almost killing everyone that he comes in contact with almost by mistake or accident, <laughs> which happens in the book too. Like there's the yeah. one scene. Where he's holding on to this guy and the train rattles and he falls and just breaks the guy's neck. He's like, God damn yeah. it. He's got him in a chokehold. He's like, I just have such bad luck. But you experience <laughs> that with Brad Pitt too, where like he doesn't want to hurt anyone, but he ends up like killing a whole bunch of people and he gets bit yeah. by a snake. It's like the most ridiculous thing. I didn't mind the change of having Brad Pitt and having been older because bringing that sort of like just neurotic energy to that character is pretty funny. So I liked it. Then we talked a little bit about this with the, the relationship between Tangerine and Lemon. Again, in the book, they are called the twins and they always have the response to that. Like, no, they're not. I'm pretty sure they're not twins. Like, no, everyone knows they're twins. And it's because they look so similar. <laughs> I love these characters in the movie so much. And I even go as far as to say I like them in the book as well. I think in the book, I'm going to say they are close to the top in terms of favorite characters. I know that some of the reviews were saying that the comedy between them fell flat. That was probably the only dialogue that didn't make me roll my eyes. Just them going <laughs> back and forth. I'm like, this is, this is, and you know what? I almost feel sometimes like, not to this extreme, Jackie, but sometimes the conversations you and I have. <laughs> We're not going to go out and be assassins or anything. No, no, no. But no, I mean, no. yeah, I mean, that's the thing between the book and the movie with these two. They still manage to keep the core of those two characters. Yeah. But they just change the relationship between them a little bit in the movie. And I am so much more a fan of it than in the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally better in the movie. Still didn't hate it in the book. Yeah. But the, oh, my God, the interaction between the two of them. I'm going to put that up there with, um, did you watch True Detective with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? Yeah. The chemistry yep. that they had between them. Mm. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Love it. It was good. Loved yeah. it. Uh, we talked about this, the replacement of Minigashi with, um, or Minigishi. We're, we're just saying it wrong. Don't worry about it. You get it. The other crime boss. But we get the white death who is now like the Russian kind of comes in from the inside and takes over, blah, 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 blah. And now, um, he's sort of running the show. And that's, I think that's where the movie really did a good job where they took some of these loose ends and they're like, listen, we're going to close them up. We're going to tie a neat little bow and then we're going to blow it up at the end. Well, I think that was one of the key things that helped tie everybody together because yeah. Kimura's father in the movie worked for the guy that the White Death killed. So yep. that is a connection in there. Yeah, and it and it that's also true to the source material of the book because we find out later in the book that Kimura's father actually was in the business. It's just that when him and his wife, they were actually both in there. We're going to get to that. Um, when they decided to like ha start a family, they 
both were like, we got to get out of this. This we can't we can't have children and Let's be assassins. Restore. Yeah, so they became like normal people. Not <laughs> not the case in the movie, but I do like how the um kind of played homage to that where they're like, all right, we're gonna have them be in there, but now we're gonna have a deeper connection and um reason for this vitriol between the characters. So good job, Hollywood. Now Bad Bunny's character, the wolf. We also get an origin story for him as well, where in the book, it's he's just like another, uh, what do you call that, like hired contractor or whatever for yeah. these jobs. He's yeah. just like another schmuck, but he's kind of sloppy and everyone hates him. Uh, <laughs> the ladybug hates him the most and actually kills him in the book by accident. Well, because they, they always talk about how he always goes after dogs and kids. Yeah. He's just like, a, he's just a dirty animal and he's not very good at his job. And he's one of those where you're like, I know so-and-so. And it's like, no, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> so we have the interaction where the wolf gets on the train and that's the reason that the ladybug can't get off at the first stop. And it's like, God damn it. But Bad Bunny's origin story, it's just, it's so funny to me. Yeah. So he's like, he works his way up in the Mexican cartel um he marries you know he's at his wedding for the love of his life and then all of a sudden people just start puking blood and he doesn't he's not doing it because he didn't eat the cake because somebody spilled wine on him which happens to be brad pitt ladybug was there doing something else and he bad bunny's character had walked off and then just hears screaming it comes back and it is projectile blood being vomited out of these people's mouths and eyes are bleeding we find out later on that's because it's from a the venom of the mm-hmm. snake that the hornet uses and injects. So it did like, there's a big word that they use about the blood in the movie. Congealed. That's not a big word. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it makes your blood sludge. So we have that. So we have the wolf's origin story. It just, it's such an outlandish connection, but they are able to work it in. Loved it. We're getting towards the end here of the story. This is where I start to fall off in the book because I'm expecting this sort of we're having all this build up and that it's all going to come together and just like be like, bam, sort of like, uh, and then there were none when we did that, that Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. like you have, you just have a lot of suspense, build up, build up, build up. And then it should just be bam. But we didn't get that. We kind of got like, um, when you're lighting fireworks on the 4th of July and you have this big one that's supposed to just like, boom, and it just kind of fizzles and then it goes, <laughs> yeah. pew, pew. And everyone just sort of stands back and goes, should we go over to it? So, and they're like, no, no, it might, it might still do something. That's how the end of this book <laughs> felt for me. And that is because one, we don't actually know what happens to Kimura and the twins. We do know that, um, the uh, tangerine is definitely dead because ladybug snaps a snap. So that one we know, but lemon is sort of like passed out and maybe shot in the bathroom, similar to how it is in the movie. And then also Kimura is shot in the bathroom, but everyone's like, they're they're not dead. You know they come back. Side note on that, really funny because another homage that they paid to the source material is the fact that in the book, Lemon is always talking about like, I don't bleed, I don't die. If I even if I do die, I'm gonna come back. And so you have that scene in the movie where mm-hmm. they all think he's dead, and then he goes <gasps> back, and yeah. I'm like, ah, I get it. Funny. But in the book, we don't actually know what happens to them. Are they dead? Did they survive? Ooh. Lemon was shot in the head, and I don't, in the I book? don't think there's any coming. In the book, yeah. Was he really? Yeah. 
he passed out from the sleeping stuff that yeah. uh, Ladybug put in the water. And mm-hmm. then the kid took the gun and shot him in the head. Oh, I didn't realize it was in the head. Oh, I missed, missed that part. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then as far as Kimura goes, uh, in at towards the end of the book, it says, surprisingly, Kimura, the man who was with the school kid, was discovered in the toilet still alive. He was rushed to the hospital where his condition was stabilized. There was no further reporting on that story. Where the fuck was I when I was reading this? Did I have a stroke? Because I, I don't remember that at all. That's bad. Don't do drugs. Well, at that point, there. I, think <laughs> I, didn't, I just, never do drugs. <laughs> it's it's overdose on words, and you're just like, can we just get to the point, please? I'm not gonna lie. I think I was just getting so excited that I was at the end that I was probably like, yay! <laughs> not actually reading it. Okay, okay. So we do have some closure there. Fine. Jackie's like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I would never call you that. To your but face. let's get to where I want to know. I want to know. What the fuck happened to Grandma Gangsta? All right, I want Granny Gangsta. That would have been such a good addition because she was so snarky and yeah, just, yeah. These two. Okay, finally at the end of the book, because of a phone call, Kimura's parents finally realize like something is wrong, and they're like, "We got to get on this train." Picture these two elderly retired Japanese couple, right, man and wife. They're pulling out from storage like they're old, like vests and well, the, the funny thing in guns. the scene in the book he's going into the closet lift going up onto this top shelf trying to get this bundle down she's just sitting there eating crackers and essentially being like do you need help what are you looking for she's like yeah are you trying to take the cot out yeah i think you should take a nap yeah. absolutely and then, yeah and it's then definitely she, your nap time yeah, she goes and she gets it out and she's like here this is what you were looking for he's like damn it, woman <laughs> so <laughs> The two of them show up on the train, right? And now they've cornered the prince. And the prince is like, fuck, right? But they are so ruthless. You mm-hmm. can tell that these are... And uh, when you read the book, there is um, they allude to this character where... Remember in the if you've seen the movie, how they're like telling the stories? Like, did you hear the one about blah, 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 blah? She was five minutes late and they cut off her fingers. There's a story that they try to tell about this guy doesn't like to be woken up. If you woke him up, mm-hmm. he's going to shoot you. That kind of thing. That's Kimura's father and his mother because they work together. So this is a pair of assassins, a husband and wife working together. And now they're in their 60s. They come out of retirement for the defense of their grandson and just go straight ruthless. And now I also believe that they, I think they shoot the prince, but it's only so he's bleeding out. And then Mm -hmm. it kind of alludes to the fact that when they got to the final station, they sort of like shot their way through the gangsters that were there. Oh yeah, because they uh, a bunch of Minigishi's guys yeah. went onto the train and they found a bunch of bodies, like more than the other assassins that were killed. Yeah, they just fucking went to Wait town, and then later on in the book, it kind of alludes to like. Oh, well, still haven't found the missing kid. If we know, if these really are the people you, you say they are, then he's definitely dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm just picturing these, like, this granny and grandpa just cutting this kid off. <laughs> That's crazy! I, I mean, it's 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 kind of psychotic, but I can't say that the kid didn't have it coming. Oh, no, he he definitely did. That's why I'm saying, like, where was this villain arc? It, it never happened. 
it kind of everyone just sort of got what they deserved and then ladybug just like gave up he's like i'm out (laughs) i just want to go home i don't want to do this anymore (coughs) but there is still the connection between all of them they all come into contact with each other the interaction between lemon and the prince in both the movie and the book is where we get thomas the tank engine references Mm -hmm. mind you they're talking about the entire time i think the first paragraph what we get lemon he's talking about thomas the tank yep but the big thing is the um revelation that lemon realizes that the prince the kid is fucked right he's like this kid is crazy Mm -hmm. he manages to put the sticker on him which is diesel Mm-hmm. where when tangerine sees it even though he hates thomas the tank engine talk and would rather never hear it again he knows that that is the representation that the prince is a fucking crazy psycho mm-hmm. and that's where he corners him and it's gonna kill him but let's talk about this thomas the tank engine for a little bit the descriptions that he gives of those tanks and how he puts them to people and types of people that they are I'm not going to lie, Jackie, but I started looking at the world a little bit. Was I actually okay. calling them names of this of these trains? No. But I'm like, <laughs> it does kind of fit, right? Yeah. That show, yeah, I didn't really it does. That show I so mean, that, that, that's the Thomas the Tank Engine, I guess, is like, uh, you know, the little golden books, the mm-hmm. little hardcover ones with yep. the, the gold binding is like everything exactly I ever that. needed to know I learned from a golden book. Um, but that, that is this generation's little golden book. Yeah. I think the, the new one now is Bluey. That's where everyone's getting their life lessons from. A little French dog, right? That's, um. Is it Bluey? That, that is, that, I don't know, but that, that, that sounds disturbing. I just, I've seen as it long on as it's not, As long as it's not Caillou. That's. Oh that's no, fuck Caillou. Caillou uh, I is have... the devil. I do have something to confess. And mm-hmm. as I'm reading this, it sort of just like had flashbacks of my childhood. I remember having a Thomas the Tank Engine poster on my wall when I was a little There's girl. nothing wrong with that. But I also want to say I'm pretty sure it fucking said Thomas the Train. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, let's close this bitch out, right? The book is they get to the station and they all get off. In some way yeah. or another. <laughs> the train comes to a nice, slow stop. And then everyone disembarks the and goes on their way. Now, the movie is like, nah, nothing. <laughs> Hold <Bit>. my beer. <laughs> yeah. And it starts with, like, somehow Tangerine, like, is outside the train at one point, And he's trying to, like, climb up the back of it and use brass knuckles to, like, fight his way back through the window. And I'm like... <laughs> This fucking train is going over 200 miles an hour. It is, it's, it is literally the way it's designed is so it has the least amount of drag. That means the air that's coming past it is literally right back and flowing to a point. Yeah. At the back of it. He would have immediately just gone by. Yeah. But no, he's not <laughs> holding on to anything either. Literally just like fucking moonwalking up the back of the, the bullet train. I'm like, how? How? <laughs> But let's suspend belief. Like, let's just suspend this belief for a little bit. It was kind of hot to watch him do that. It was very nice. And then him just like punching, 
with the brass knuckles. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So he gets back <laughs> in. Um, we have the father. Kimura's father is now on the train, and he's like this wise samurai. <laughs> There's a we sword have, now, no guns. I know, I know. Uh, which at one point I'm like, is this racist or is this funny? I was confused. Somebody on Twitter know. let us know if it's racist or funny. Because if it's racist, I'm not going to laugh. Anyway, all the bad guys are on the train. Somehow they're in the conductor's booth at the front of the train, whatever you call the front of the train. I I don't know. It's probably got like, is it the helm? What is it? I don't know, Jackie. I, just, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Anyway, so the fighting happens, and then, like, it's Brad Pitt. Who else is up there? Uh, Minikishi. Well, White Death. White Death. Eventually, or his people, and then Kimura's father. Okay, Kimura's actually fighting. Oh, that's right. Kimura's, okay, so, okay, I was like, because there's a lot of people that when the train crashes, um, and they show, like, the inertia, right, in slow motion, it just the way, because I'm thinking... If this train hits that fucking wall, everyone is dead. Everyone. Because you are... uh, Prince Prince is still around, too, at the time. Yeah, she comes out of the train after that and um, tries to shoot, but it's like the... the, Yeah. Oh, no, she's in the... No, she gets hit by the car. (laughs) Where the tangerine is the one that's actually... You find out later is the one that's actually driving it. So (laughs) it hits the wall, and now everyone's flying through the train. But we're like... The big, like, squishy toy is breaking the fall and coming around, and it just, it's like perfectly where Brad Pitt's character, Ladybug, is supposed to be so unlucky, but I feel like he has been that unlucky his entire life just for this moment. He has been saving all of that luck. When he talks about everything that he packs into his fanny pack before Mm -hmm. a job, it's random things. Like sleeping, but it all is useful. <laughs> powder, yeah, but it all ends up being useful. So, how unlucky could he possibly be that he planned for things he didn't even know was going to happen, and it it came in handy? I think that really what we're seeing here is just the balance being created, mm-hmm. where yeah, he really is lucky when it fucking matters. Yeah, but the universe is like for us to be able. To make that happen, you cannot have luck anywhere else. You will mm-hmm. always be in the slowest line. You will like you will always just be like <laughs> screwed until it matters. And I feel yeah. like, especially if I were in that line of work, I would rather have that. Yeah. Okay. Get me stuck in traffic. It's fine. Like, have me go on vacation and forget to pack toothpaste. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. But if I'm gonna survive the like insurvivable all the time mm-hmm. i'm there yeah. give it to me so yeah so they crashed the train um everyone that was there is still alive now something that i realized was i'm watching the movie because i read first is thinking there's a lot of people on this train which was not the case in the book because we find out that the gangster basically bought all of the other seats so that's why there's very minimal passengers on it for them to well, be able to do the shit that that comment- yes later did- on like in almost the, in like the movie? late in the, yeah they make it a lot later yeah. in the movie he makes a comment like um yeah they bought i bought out all the other seats but in the beginning it's fucking packed mm-hmm. which i don't know i think it, it just makes for better cinematography i guess but then later yeah. like all right all right we can't fuck around anymore he bought the other tickets so then somehow all the other people um got off the train <laughs> somewhere 
which is fine. That wasn't a yeah. deal breaker for me. But where now I'm telling you, ending of this movie just is like some sort of Michael Bay movie. It's like boom, everything's exploding. <laughs> Everyone's you know, and then we have the little scene with Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock where she finally comes to pick him up in a really nice car. And he's like, yay, yeah. we did it. And then, like, something just falls on the car. And he's like, god damn it. <laughs> That's me. Absolute perfection. Where the book was just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. They just went up the escalator and <laughs> left. Bye. And then you get this little um, prologue or whatever. Not prologue. Um, epilogue of uh, him at the grocery store and then running into mm-hmm. the, who is this Mr. dude? Suzuki. Yeah. Who is the prep teacher? I'm I'm thinking there's going to be a big reveal. He's going to be some like he's going to be. That's what I kept thinking. Right? I'm thinking he's going to be like the gangster that they're talking that they killed his family uh, from before or something. And it's nothing. Or or maybe because there were rumors that the Hornet was actually three people working together, and they knew that the girl that was doing the uh, little snack trolley yep. and the conductor were two people. Maybe he was the third. Wait a minute, the conductor was it? Yeah, they they said the they suspected the conductor was the third because the conductor went to confront Minigishi mm-hmm. at, in the book. Oh, that's right, and he and, dies. Yeah, and then uh, they saw something sticking out of his back and they assumed it was a needle. Oh, that's right. Jackie's right. Yeah, yeah Jackie's always right. Okay. Not always. So maybe he sometimes. is? And the author's just like, I don't know. Fools figure it out. Like, yeah, maybe. <gasps> we well, need answers. I need fucking closure. I thought we went over this during crawdads. I'm not happy. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it this time. Let's talk about our our reviews. What do we think about this? Since I read first, I will give you mine. Book. I'm giving three out of five. I didn't hate it. I didn't even. I wasn't even really that bothered by it. And I know people are talking about how it was kind of slow. Um, yeah, I agree. It's, I think it's definitely slower paced than the movie, but the amount of dialogue and sort of the story that we're getting from it, I was fine with it. But again, it was very anticlimactic and that turned me off. So three out of five. Movie, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought Hollywood did a good job of, you know, making effective choices for diversifying the cast but still just the whole time with the source material the little easter eggs and um the nods i I loved it that was good and respectful nine out of ten okay movie i put down seven out of Mm ten but i could be persuaded to bump that up to an eight it was enjoyable It, it was enjoyable i did like watching the movie but it just wasn't mind blowing um it's book, not your style yeah uh book three out of five is too much inner monologue and backstory uh the reason everyone was on the same train seemed more of a coincidence in the book yeah that's a good point uh it was just explained better in the movie i think yeah the movie hollywood was like yep. okay we see what you were trying to do there we get it we get it okay so we read uh and we watched and we did all this so hopefully you don't have to DNF any of it. I'm going to go with Watch. Me too. It's a good movie. And I will say this. If you are not a fan of this type of movie, you're also not going to be a fan of the book. Because it's it's essentially the same thing, just a lot drier. Oh, so dry. <laughs> it's like 
hey, I saw this thing one time and it reminded me of this thing that happened one Wednesday about five years ago. And <laughs> speaking of which, two years before that, I saw this other thing and that reminded me of this thing. And that That's exactly what the book is. Jackie's been waiting all week to be able to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this fucking book. Yep. Cool. Reminder, we have the watch party. And again, time traveling. If you're listening to this in the morning of the release, it is tonight. So people that are going to be listening be like, why would you do that? Listen, this is not <laughs> the only place we've announced it, all right? It's been in Discord for over a fucking month, and we've said it in Twitter like every goddamn day, okay? So if you didn't know, then that's your fucking fault. Anyway, but next week, we are closing out January with the recap of the 2022 adaptations with Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which I'm actually really excited to do because it's going to be so different, I think, from anything we've really read or watched in a while. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're going to find out. I'm excited to find out. (laughs) So check out Discord. Please join the watch party with us. It'll be fun. We'll have it through Discord. I'll play the movie. Um, Jackie and I might offer commentary. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like Mystery Science Theater. It really will, to the point where people are like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> We're just muted across the board. Like, everyone has just muted yeah. us. That's fine. I respect it. Yeah. Okay, don't forget, like, follow, share, do all that great stuff. Leave us a review. You know, yay. But until next week, you know, bye. Bye.